Hello again now. Some crumbs of comfort then and then within this continuing COVID era. That's where we declaim more souls as one would expect, sadly, given the incursions into the island's residential establishments, for example, with their more vulnerable patients, clientele, and the realisation that the several thousand effective cases now on file um, hmm, throughout the notion of both complete immunity after being double-jabbed, that's not realistic, really. And even worse, the now-debunked idea of herd immunity. Well, would we'll be just over the horizon. It doesn't look like that's going to happen either. You can usually expect disease levels for community-acquired viral infections of the nose, throat and chest to fall over the long summer break, so no surprise there either. However, as school returns, now that's where the interest will be. For another day, then. Had a COVID follow-up case in very recently, wishing me to diagnose long COVID. Expressing the idea, we're both an expert now on this condition, as well as having the gravitas to state in various documents, this diagnosis. Oof. Likely to be a recurring theme, I sense. What is long COVID all about, then? Firstly, the term. An infectious disease professor, Paul Garner, who suffered a severe bout of COVID-19 in May 2020 last year, wrote an article in the British Medical Journal describing his seven weeks of severe health, roller-coastering emotions and utter exhaustion. Making sense of all this for him at the time, dovetailed in with, as professors do, trying to just comprehend or grasp how widespread and ditto-like what his own experiences versus the rest of the world's population after contracting COVID infection. A Twitter feed followed, as well as a huge Facebook gathering, and the term long COVID was coined. Now, Professor Garner, by the way, is not living in LA or Sydney or Paris or London. He's just across the pond in Liverpool. What fed from his story simply resonated with so many others. Firstly, how this so-called mild illness, in physical terms, as some may seem at the time to others, can have such devastating consequences in the short and medium term. In particular, the exhaustion, the brain fog, the simple sense of incapacity it may leave you with. Some now equate this with ME. Some, well, time will tell. <laughs> some may do that. Well, some may have other ideas. But it's nothing like flu. I keep harping on about this for all who care to listen. However, flu is probably the most widely known viral illness that, that folks in the real world could relate to. You don't remember coughs and colds. You do often remember flu, with the fatigue in particular that follows often a feature. Long COVID, then in numbers, well, from studies again, still in the infancy, given the time frame, it's all still new, of course, so we have some 180 million plus cases with about 4 million deaths worldwide so far. The British Office or National Statistics tells us preliminary figures for persistent symptoms swallowing COVID infection as approximately 1 in 5 at 5 weeks and about 1 in 10 at 3 months. That's a lot of people. Fatigue is commonplace, far more than just being tired. It's all embracing, it's something dragging you down, reduces your motor level, motivation levels, your energy levels and your concentration. Brain fog. 
And usually it may depend, not may depend on actually on the severity of the initial illness. You'd have thought it would do so, but not so. With reported symptoms of persistent fatigue arising from what was initially thought to be a mild case. Shortness of breath, another common issue, long after the acute disease has settled. If you already had asthma, COPD, or a smoker, again, more likely to be a symptom. However, hmm, given the, the look of those COVID cases, chest x-rays, all that ground glass sort of pacification, indicating severe lung tissue inflammation, is it surprising? However, this might continue as a symptom long after, for intents and purposes, you've fully recovered. The COVID breathlessness seems to be an issue for some who previously would be completely fit and regular exercising bods the lot, let alone that uh, weird loss of sense of taste and smell for about 1 in 20 ongoing. Now, whilst you would expect more long COVID in those ex-severe initial cases, old adults, male, obese, multiple other disease profiles preceding COVID, length hospital stay, the rest, this according to the ONS initial studies, is in fact not the case. Hmm. What I gather from the information is that pre-disease asthma might be the only significant thing here. And figures now popping up tell us additional information. It seems to be slightly more common in women than men in the age groups 35 to 49, followed by the 50 plus than the 70 plus. This corresponds in some ways to what we might be seeing in our surgeries, and we do tend to be seeing that. So we have much to learn. <laughs> we need an open mind of new things that arrive in this new world post-COVID. GPs, of course, well, they know their patients, some of them, pretty well. So they're on the front line as ever on a case-by-case -case basis. We're all in this together. Till next week, cheerio.